Welcome to Not Another Marketing Podcast, where I'm talking to entrepreneur and the CEO and co-founder of Tailwind, Danny Maloney. Now, this week we're chatting about how to use AI better to improve results and if we'll still have our jobs in 12 months' time. The robots are coming, aren't they? Uh, I recorded this just before the Christmas break, so we kind of look forward to what we can expect from AI in 2024 within the marketing world. Uh, Check out the links in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the pod. Let's get to it. Hey, Danny. Hey, John. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it because it's like it's almost the holiday break. It's like, what is it? 21st of December. So I'm sure you're desperate to not do these anymore. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about AI. I just want to check, like, I have got the real Danny Maloney here. It's not like some sort of chat GPT avatar I'm talking to. I suppose in the future we may never know, but yes, for today it's, it's the real one. We're nearly in the new year and kind of, I suppose, in a way, chat GPT, AI, all of that sort of thing. Uh, it's kind of exploded in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the next 12 months, are we still going to have our marketing jobs by the end of 2024 Is it, or is it all going to end up in a right mess? I think we're definitely going to have our marketing jobs and I think those jobs will become better jobs. So if we're using AI the right way, we should be using it such that it enables us to up-level, upskill, and spend more of our time on things that are strategic and less time on things that uh, many of us find mundane day-to-day. Do you think we're using it wrong at the moment? I think there's a bit of a mix. What's interesting to me is that AI has been around for a while, Hmm. and there have actually been, in my mind, some fascinating applications of AI that are already in use and and being developed. What's interesting in this last year is that it took the right accessible form factor in ChatGPT specifically to dramatically increase awareness of AI and to get people to lean in and be interested. Uh, So my hope is that now that that is happening, it's going to lead to a lot of other even richer, more interesting AI solutions to come about and get traction. Whereas in the past, honestly, it was a little bit slow going. Yeah. The focus or the the media or what we hear about all the time is is the focus is on content. Okay. It's it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it can write a blog post for you. It can write all your social media stuff for you and things like that. The the one thing that worries me a little bit about this is that do you kind of think we're just going to we're moving into a world of spam, of, of mass-produced generic content that marketers are churning out, tens of thousands of them a day, throwing them at Google and just desperately seeing whatever sticks. So I think we definitely see that that is mm. already happening. I also feel that systems such as Google, Google will still become pretty good at figuring out what is quality content and what isn't. What's interesting to me about those use cases is on the one hand for professional marketers, generating a blog post is not necessarily difficult. It is sure. time consuming. Yeah. Uh, and it is thought it should be thought consuming and thought provoking. In the world that we live in with Tailwind, where our customers generally are not professional marketers, they're small businesses, small business owners who are not trained in marketing, that is actually a far more difficult task for them. Yeah. And it's not necessarily where they should be spending their time and learning, but they do need to be able to bridge that gap of being an early stage company that can't yet afford world-class marketing talent, whether it's 
hiring directly or through an agency or whatever it might be. And so uh, even those types of use cases, I would say, are empowering and enabling people in interesting ways. But for more professional marketers, there are probably some deeper problems we're looking to solve. Yeah. Do, do you think, I mean, I completely understand what you're saying, and, and I totally agree. There's, you, you ask your business owner sometimes to, you know, give me 100 words about what you do, and, and they struggle. So, so you know, coming up with a big blog post is, is going to be hard work. Do you think there's too much temptation to say, write me a blog post about this and then just hit and edit without, you know, hit and publish without editing it? I think there will be that temptation, especially for folks who are not, professional content creators. Mm. And honestly, that for many of them might still be better than what they would do on their own. So it may be lifting quality for them, but over time performance ultimately wins and you need to have content that's performant, that, that is effective at delivering the message that you're trying to deliver to the right audience. And so people will need to learn and evolve. Uh, What's interesting at Tailwind, so we have our ghostwriter product, which yeah. is the generative copywriting piece of Tailwind. There are other capabilities around it. Yeah. But uh, what we see is on long-form content, there is a much higher rate of editing than on short-form content. And so when people are using Ghostwriter to generate, for example, social posts or captions uh, or email subject lines, at this point, we've gotten it good enough where we see less than 5% of the text that we generate is edited. Right. Right. And I think that's because it's high quality, not not because of laziness. But the percentages are much higher when you go to things like long-form articles and blog posts. How do you think Google's going to deal with it? Are they going to sort of like say, we reckon this is AI-generated, so it's bad? Or are they going to look at it as if this is actually, you know, it's the whole useful content thing, isn't it? Again, is, is this actually useful to somebody? Um, so, so we're going to, you know, we're going to give it a little bit of, you know, a little bit of oomph in, this, in the results. It seems it'll be more of the latter, uh, at least based on what they've said this year, is that AI-generated is not necessarily bad. Um the question is, is it useful? Is it accurate? Is it somehow advancing information and knowledge? Uh, and I, I think that's probably the bias that they will likely go forward with, especially given how much they as a company are investing in AI. Uh, it, it reminds me actually of a speaker I heard recently who uh, said something that was thought provoking for me. He said, hmm. you know, I, I really wish we could rename AI from artificial intelligence to synthetic intelligence. Yes. And the reason for that is because there's nothing artificial about it. It, no. it is real intelligence. It's just not human intelligence. It's, yeah. it's machine intelligence. And uh, I think that skews some of our thinking sometimes as, hmm, if we thought of it more as synthetic intelligence or machine intelligence, would we focus more on how it can augment human intelligence and a little bit less on how it's competitive with human? Yeah, then I suppose the marketing team wouldn't like that because artificial intelligence, I would imagine, sells it better. And it's been around so long, it's going to be hard to displace that term. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And we all get those ideas. I mean, I'm still waiting for the Star Trek computer. I thought Alexa was going to be the Star Trek computer, but she's rubbish. (laughs) But I mean, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Just yeah, give me a better Alexa. I'd be happy, definitely. Will AI help us get a better understanding of our return on investment, our ROI? Do you think it's going to help us with that? 
so I believe it's already improving return on investment in terms of how it's being applied at companies like Google and Meta for more effective targeting. Hmm. Uh, it definitely, I think, can help improve understanding of ROI, although ultimately the real challenge there is access to data, yeah. uh, which has become partially more difficult because of privacy concerns related to it and different treatments of privacy from market to market, and partially just because of the, the competitive dynamics of the larger players wanting to control as much of the data as possible and yeah. be able to dictate how ROI is measured. What That said, if the data is available and accessible, there's no doubt in my mind that not generative AI, but analytic AI can be and already is incredibly powerful at analyzing large data sets. Uh, so the way we're employing this at the moment uh, within our Tailwind Ads product, and this is based on technology from a company called Nectar9 that we acquired last year, uh, but they had been developing for a number of years an AI system where you can effectively give it one monthly budget, uh, let's say, and a certain set of objectives, and then it will automatically run the testing and trial that is necessary to optimize how budget is allocated over a certain time frame. Yeah. Uh, and through that technology, we saw evidence of substantial uplift in ROI. Uh, so we've now pulled that over into the Tailwind Ads product as the fundamental way that budget is allocated. And for our audience as small business owners, that means they don't have to deal with any of that, right? They can focus on running their business. They tell us we've got X thousand dollars a month to spend yeah. and what their goals are and we allocate it. So. So we're already somewhat down that path of ROI improving. The understanding of it, though, is going to depend on the data being accessible so we can produce easier to understand analysis around that data. Yeah, because there's so many channels, um, so many yes. different channels, different types of, of media which we're putting out there. And proving it is difficult, like, like, like you say, that collating all that data together. In the past, it's kind of like just been like Google and, and Facebook. And, and that. do you think we're going to see more um, standalone products that pull in data from multiple different places and then collate it for ourselves? Because the, the one thing I worry about with the experimental and the programmatic advertising and things like that is that mm -hmm. it's controlled by the people who want you to spend more. Right. Right. So, so, so it's it's like that. I I don't genuinely trust them. They would only need to make a tiny, tiny little uh, change to the algorithm, and they would make tens of millions more a month. Right. And I wouldn't notice it. Okay. So, do you think we're going to pull this away from the, and we're going to be able to look at this, you know, ourselves and and work work out. I think it has to emerge in that direction in one way or another, because we have reached a point where sometimes it's just silly with the data that's available. And what I mean by that is you'll see examples where if you add up the number of conversions that different channels are claiming, it comes out to 150% of the sales that that business had in any yeah. time, right? And that obviously cannot be true. And of course, each player has an incentive to maximize the credit that they're getting. Yeah. What I think is interesting about where AI and greater uh, greater calculation, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the ability to, to run a greater amount of calculation yeah. uh, much more effectively 
where it becomes interesting to me is moving some of these tools away from here are four different attribution methods figure out which one you like the best and it's going to be a mix of art and science to actually being able to get to the truth of here is likely the right attribution attribution method right like this is the one where as we look at it back testing on data over time and then forward testing this appears to be what is actually driving performance for this business yeah and that could result in completely custom developed attribution methodologies for every business on earth yeah yeah I, that I, would I, be really really I, I like the idea of pulling it away from the from the the actual advertising agency <laughs> company themselves so you, you've got a better idea on on what is actually going on um, mm-hmm. and I, I think it will certainly help like that what about reporting as well because i know I, every marketer i talk to hates a spreadsheet and they hate like yes. digging into it you know that's for the data scientist folk to do do you, do you think we'll be able to like type in natural language uh, and it it gives us a nice pretty report that we can use I think that will be a reality. What's interesting about analytics from the perspective of a software company is that outside of the enterprise use case, analytics becomes a very small market very quickly. Mm. And what I mean by that is smaller to mid-sized businesses will not pay much for analytics, right? Sure. And so the result of that is most of the software innovation in analytics has gone into the enterprise tier company who also can get more value from the analytics. Yeah. Uh, but there is a real gap to for someone to solve in the market of can you make analytics something that small to mid-sized businesses yeah. value and understand why they need to value. Yeah, I, I agree. Because like you said, with the enterprise, they've probably got somebody who who knows what they're doing <laughs> um, to right. actually run the reports in the first way. What, what I'm thinking about is like the small small business marketing. You know, you've got a, one or two folks in the marketing team or something, and they want to say, I don't know, something like, you know, how many sales did Facebook generate us last month compared to the same month the previous year? Yeah, that I think is a very solvable problem. Yeah. And uh, the approach that we've taken to it, because – it's not just do they have the person who knows what they're doing, do they have the person who actually enjoys spending time yeah. in analytics systems, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, most companies don't, and most sure. small businesses don't want to. So the approach we've taken with, uh, with our ads product is even though you can be spending on multiple channels, we're actually aggregating all of that analytics into a single report. Sure. And it shows you, here's what your funnel looks like from top to bottom. These are the different step stages of the funnel, how efficient we feel that is right now. If you want to dig down to the creative level, you can do that. But you know, if you think about a single piece of creative powering many specific placements in the back end, we're aggregating all that up to just a piece of creative, right? Because that's really what we find is about as deep as most small businesses want to yeah. go. They don't necessarily want to go into all the specific placements. Yeah. And that type of simplification, I think, is already possible, but it's not built into most software yet. W- will it tell you what doesn't work? Because, I mean, we've all spoken to companies, organizations who've like been pumping a ton of money into this, that, and the other. And when they yeah. actually realize that they've not generated a single sale from it after spend, you know, when you find actually look into it, will it identify the bits which don't work? 
in an indirect way it does because uh, because of that budget allocation methodology that is mm-hmm. automated in the back end, what ends up happening with the things that don't work is we simply pause them. Yeah. Right. They they go down to zero budget. They get paused, and we treat that as okay. That piece of creative failed, or that variant failed. You know, whatever it might be, um, and that becomes the signal of this failed. What we don't really say yet is why. True. Right. And that becomes much more complex. I think that's where the human analysis needs to be overlaid, and and something I don't think AI will solve quickly is that type of, okay, now I'm applying all the context I have around my business, my product, my customer, what they value, uh, my competitive landscape, and I'm trying to discern why certain things are failing. In my mind, back to your question at the top, will we still have marketing jobs? (laughs) I think that becomes one of the really fascinating parts of marketing jobs, and hopefully we get more time to do that type of deep thought and because we're spending less time on some of the road automation. Yeah, 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 I think you're right. I, th- I think we don't get enough time to think about things, do we, nowadays? No, never. It's um, <laughs> it's very reactionary, isn't it? The whole process of everything nowadays is extremely reactionary, um, uh, which kind of leads me on to the, the next question in a way. Do you think AI is going to make us more efficient or not? Because... Technology has been telling us since 2008, 9, 10, since the beginning of the cloud, really, that that it's going to make us more efficient. Teams, Zoom, Slack, Meet, Google Calendar, Google Docs, you know, Google Drive, OneDrive, all of these tools have told us we will be more freaking efficient. We're not, are we? We're not. <laughs> uh, you know, I actually question that because I think back to my days of living in my email inbox. Yeah, which I almost never do today. I mean, I might respond to like five to ten emails a week. Yeah, and there was a point where I spent it must have been three plus hours a day in email. Yeah, uh, I don't spend that. We're a Slack organization. I don't spend anywhere near that amount of time in Slack on a given day. I'm probably in Slack for a half an hour a day. Right. 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 So I do think, in fairness to those tools, I do think there has been some efficiency gain. But the challenge with every one of those tools is there's always a wrong way to use it yeah. and to get addicted to it. <laughs> and, yeah. and then it starts to become less efficient. Yeah. Uh, with AI, so I do believe it's already making us more efficient in certain ways and in certain use cases. There, the ways that might not make us more efficient are, one, if we have to correct everything it does, right? Sure. Uh, sure. On the one hand, turning us from creators to editors can be a huge efficiency gain, Yeah. but the accuracy and quality has to be high enough that that editing time is spent efficiently. Yeah. I think a second way it makes us less efficient is if it leads to an even greater proliferation of the spread of misinformation, sure. which makes us less efficient fundamentally as a society. So that's something we need to guard against. And I think it could make us less efficient in other misuses of the technology. So things like people powering scams and intentional bad actors using the technology to now be better scammers. Uh, So in my mind, a lot of the will we ultimately be more efficient or not will come down to those meta questions. Can we figure out as a society how to control and protect against the worst ways this technology could be applied? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, I think it's learning how to use the technology. I mean, the whole industry is young anyway. I mean, the cloud industry for a start is, what, 12, 15 years old, something like that. Sure. So it's in- it's incredibly young. We don't really know how to use it. I remember talking to my dad a long, long time ago. My, my dad used to be like middle management in the NHS here in the UK, the National Health Service, right? So he was middle manager. And he said he used to like write a memo. And, and the memo used to go on a tray and then a guy used to come round with a trolley and pick it up and put it in and then they'd deliver it. In, they had internal post and they would deliver this piece of paper to somebody else who would then respond to it, put it in a tray. And it was like two or three days. But you know what he said? He said it was totally inefficient. And like we would look at that now and think this is ridiculous, right? He said, but what it did give you time to do was to think about what you were doing and what you were planning. Hmm. Um, and I think sometimes we miss that because, like we said earlier about the reactionary thing, is that, okay, we've had this idea, so by the end of the day, we're we're actually rolling with this idea. Yes. And it may not actually be the best idea if we think about it over a period of two or three days. Does, this make, does that make sense? It, it absolutely does. And I think what we will likely find is... It's an amazing idea in certain applications. Yeah. And other applications, applications that fall short, and we might actually not end up seeing massive AI adoption in certain parts of society or industry, or, or maybe not until certain uh, other breakthroughs happen in the technology itself or in complementary yeah. technologies. Uh, but if I think of things like some of the applications in medicine, for example, sure. uh, you know, more accurate diagnosis of cancers and, and earlier yeah. diagnosis. Yeah, massive efficiency gain in yeah. being able to do that well. Um, so there are certainly going to be some applications that I think are just absolute yeah. wins for society. We just can't assume it's going to be that way everywhere. Yeah, it's been fascinating chatting to you. Um, thanks, thanks for your oh. time. And um, um, where where can we find Tailwind? Where can we find you? Where's your social media website and things? Sure. So Tailwind is tailwindapp.com. Uh, so T-A-I-L-W-I-N-D-A-P-P.com. Uh, and for me personally, LinkedIn is probably the best place to direct people these days. Uh, I'm Daniel P. Maloney on uh, LinkedIn and cool. happy to connect with and get to know anyone who wants to reach out. Fantastic. What I'll do, stick some links in the show notes and folks can just um, kind of tap on those and, um, Sounds good. and get over to you. Brilliant. Uh, Danny, thanks ever so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, John. Likewise. Thanks again to Danny for his time. Don't forget to check out all the links in the show notes. There's a whole bunch of them there. Just give them a quick click. If you've enjoyed the episode, you can subscribe for more. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it's absolutely everywhere. Just search for Not Another Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.